0: Welcome to i4O. Hello, everybody, and happy Wednesday. I was going to say hump day, but then I decided against it. But then I said, anyway. So (laughs) rolling into another episode of i4O, episode 75. It is the, what, platinum anniversary? (laughs) Because we started at zero, uh, our podcast. So... Um, I, I, still like, I see that number and, um, it doesn't feel like 75 episodes. No, it does
1: not for sure.
0: Yeah. It's weird. Like it's just an excuse for me to talk about technology once a week with some of my favorite people, but all self-promotion aside, um, I am joined today. You probably heard him by Urban. and also sitting down there in the bottom of the screen is Jeff Boczynski. Yeah. always
1: good to have you guys hey, happy man. to be here um i'm not on the road finally this i'm week. not not travel man well i was earlier yeah. i was i was earlier monday and tuesday i was traveling but business now. boy welcome business.
2: Home, rocket man yeah, rocket rocket man. Man. <laughs> yeah. talking about your background right now
0: that's it Yep. urban's the only one that has like solid background props i just have like a bed <laughs> and then like this is my life behind me <laughs> Jeff's got like a nice little office scenario going on behind them. Oh, man,
1: where's my flamethrower? There's my flamethrower. I yeah.
0: say, like, Urban's like got a prop desk specifically yeah,
1: for the so you can see it.
0: There we go. I have to study your background more, Jeff. I think it's it looks really good though. It's better than mine. Thanks, man.
2: Yeah, I got you know diploma, some pictures, record player, closet, mm-hmm. just your average stuff.
0: It's very much office, and I like it a lot. Appreciate I that. Dream of, I dream of having to set up like that one day.
2: One day when we're roommates and you live in my house, you'll have this exact setup.
0: (laughs) When you absorb me into your life. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Um, But yeah, so speaking of technology, um, we should talk about some stuff this week, right? So we can talk about Cloudflare if you guys want to because it's the first topic. So (laughs) (laughs) Cloudflare is rolling out its 1.1.1.1 service to iOS and Android. Um, Urban, I think you may be best suited to leading us off on this just because you introduced me to this whole thing when it first rolled out for computers. So,
1: yeah, I, I saw, well, yeah, when it first rolled out, so Cloudflare launched their own DNS service um, and, and DNS basically just handles all the lookup for websites. And how quickly you can get the addresses behind them. So when you enter Google go- Google.com, it's not actually going to Google.com, but that that uh, URL is pointing to an, pointing to an IP address. Uh, DNSs just help uh, uh, find those uh, IP addresses because they change constantly uh, behind the scenes uh, quickly. So uh, Google has have has had their own other services as well, but now Cloudflare uh, launched uh, theirs um was it this year? yeah earlier this year or on april, april fool's day year. yeah april fool's day uh they launched it and now it is officially out on mobile devices as well mm-hmm. um and they launched it on eleven eleven, which makes <laughs> sense <laughs> it does because they're um uh dns is 1.1.1.1 um nice. i think
0: yeah. we talked about this actually when it first launched Albeit probably briefly and maybe Yeah, have... when
1: it when it rolled out to the desktop overall, yeah, we probably mention it.
0: Yeah, because um, most people probably won't see this or it's not something that it's that yeah. people will use, but it's definitely worth configuring yeah. if you are in any way savvy technologically. yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Second... Oh go ahead, Jeff, I don't sorry. know how
2: many people out there in general even know what DNS is. But yeah, I mean, that's why I, I in know, the beginning, I
1: wanted to load a little,
2: little yeah, explainer. Yeah. And it was great. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Um, but tell <laughs> yeah. tell me why someone should download this and use it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, typically when, if you're on your mobile network, um, the DNS is handled by your service provider. So in case, it, if in my case, I'm on T-Mobile. So um, when I type in an address to website, it would reach out to T-Mobile. T-Mobile was like, oh, I know that IP address. Let me get you that uh let me point you to it mm-hmm. um and most a lot of times you know these these internet companies aren't there to do that dns service so it might be slow um and at times so Cloudflare has dedicated right to this to making this dns service um really fast
0: it is been quick. quick
1: so it should show should improve your response times not necessarily download speeds or anything but it improves how quickly it'll connect to a website and actually start yeah. um, giving you that data
0: because the, um, the dns server um this is this isn't even something that people have to download it's just a configuration like if you log into your wi-fi or to your router and um, just mess with your dns server settings mm-hmm. and there's, there's youtube tutorials for probably every flavor of router out there that'll help you do this or even just the man the manual that comes with it or There may even be information just printed on the box of how to get to your settings. Um, But yeah, like Irvin was saying, this is very beneficial to do if you do it because the DNS is like essentially, in so many words, just the gateway to your entire home network. So it controls what passes through. um, And also not only that, but what um, if you're using the stock one that came with your router, your internet service provider probably provides that DNS server in some way. So they're getting all the information of just any packet being sent through to your network. So this gives you a little more privacy in that they still own the network itself, but they're not necessarily seeing every individual thing that's happening in your network. So So there's less of an overhead in your your ISP pulling its data.
2: Translating that from technical terms to... um... I guess, like real world applications that would, you know, cover your tracks in terms of what sites you're visiting, but also prevent things like targeted advertisements and things of that nature, right?
0: It's not a yeah. perfect fit, mm-hmm. not a perfect fix for anything. Like if you want to, if you want to be completely off the map, you got to go with a VPN 100%. But mm-hmm. um, if you're looking just for at least a little bit more privacy, um, switching to this is definitely beneficial because it's owned by. A company that's been pretty much built around protecting privacy. Yeah, um, this is actually my primary DNS server. Second is Google's with 8.8.8.8. <laughs> and, um, I just switched it off of my ISPs, and my Wi Fi feels it, it, it may be placebo or like a sugar pill essentially, but it feels weird to me. But there's
1: a tool out there that lets you test your um the performance uh, of uh, particular DNS services out there. Um, I'm gonna look that up and and uh, That's uh, give you the name. Yeah, no, this uh, definitely it's
0: doesn't... made
1: by the, the the man himself, Steve Gibson. Uh, okay. As Matt, you are familiar with him, <laughs> uh, his work.
0: I think uh, I mentioned him on this podcast dozens of times. Yeah,
1: dozens of times. He he made a tool out there that uh, has a preset list of, of DNSs, um, and then you can put your own in there, and it'll test the the ping times for all of those and gives you the best one. Uh, in your area because it does vary based on your location. Um, but back to the the one, the feature that they just launched, now it's available on your mobile devices. So you can now download an app on both iOS and Android. Um, it'll create a VPN uh, sort of setup, but it won't route every traffic through that VPN, just the DNS requests. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the DNS requests will go through that VPN. Um, and the reason that they do this is because there's no easy way to uh create a global you know dns setting within particularly ios uh Mm -hmm. so that you say to the phone uh, route all the dns traffic through this one um uh, ip address you have to do it individually for every access point that you are on every wi-fi network you're on so this makes it foolproof so that you just turn it on it's always on it'll automatically turn on. um on when you turn on the phone and it'll also keep connected irrelevant if you keep switching from wi-fi to mobile to lte so it'll just keep it consistently on um i tried it for a couple of days i think i still have it on i, I yeah um it,
2: it's yeah. been it's been good so far
0: cool i'm probably um, gonna put that on as well awesome
2: yeah i'll probably try it out too um mm-hmm. and that's a free app correct
0: yep yeah, correct. totally free awesome it's very nice
2: yeah Pretty cool.
0: Um, yeah. So let's move into the next topic. Uh, and here's a normal segue for you, Jeff. I feel like I have to give you that every once in a while. <laughs> I enjoy them. <laughs> um, but yeah. So this one uh, you actually brought to our attention. Yeah. Uh, the four base units of the measure of measurement, four base units of measure in the metric system that are about to be changed. This is it's 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 really cool, but it's even cooler that just how crazy our existing system is
2: (laughs) yeah this is one of those kind of nerdy topics if you will that i could like think about for days
0: (laughs) no yeah this is this is like the reason i love talking about this stuff this is perfect um but yeah so the four units of measurement that are going to be under review is the ampere the kilogram the mole and the kelvin so oh yeah, the mole. You never heard of moles? Of course. I
1: love moles. Oh yeah. my God. Stoichiometry. Avogadro. Uh, I don't know why. I just love doing
2: that in school. I hated mole math. I
1: never, oh. I, I don't know why I never pursued it, but I love doing like chemistry and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. I, th-
2: I thought mole math was pretty fun too, <laughs> to be
0: honest. Um, I couldn't get into it. It was right. never for me.
2: Well, teacher, um, you know.
0: <laughs> um, put the So I want to talk about the kilogram though, just because the, it's the first one here, but second off because it's ridiculous about how its origin is. Um, so currently, according to this um, physics org article, uh, the kilogram is officially defined as the mass of a cylinder made of a platinum iridium alloy housed in a bell jar in France. So some, the thing that we know as the kilogram is literally a physical object it's a cylinder in France in a jar. <laughs> and every once in a while they take it out of its jar and they use it to recalibrate science equipment.
2: Yeah, I like to think of it as like the rose in Beauty and the Beast, where it's just like slowly losing petals, but it still retains power until
0: 2018. Through the power of love, the kilogram remains. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. on. Um, but yeah, so They're saying that the 60 uh, member nations that make up the body of the CGPM, which is the uh, General Conference on Weight and Measures, um, they're going to be meeting to vote to change the system in which the kilogram will be defined by using the Planck constant instead of this physical item that's stored in France. (laughs) It's just so ridiculous (laughs) that the (laughs) cylinder... People look at you and you're like, not that's a kilogram. <laughs> <laughs> at well, some we have to
1: have you know we have to have some kind of thing to agree upon, and that's what they chose. People are just weird. I mean, I,
2: they probably it's, there's probably something that somebody had that they weighed against some metal. At some point in time, they're like, all right, this is the weight of like my lucky like clothing iron. That's what we're gonna you know call a kilogram or I don't know whatever.
0: Yo, dude, I got this rock. Yeah. (laughs) This is the basis of all measurement. Yeah. For weight. Pretty much.
2: And they keep, you know, their metal rock in their glass case and take it out every 40 years, and that's the basis of weight.
0: And I like I totally understand the whole premise that like science gets better with time and like things get more precise and stuff slowly falls out of calibration, so it needs to be recalibrated. And it's just, like, mind-blowing that, like, this thing isn't stable enough or they need a, like, mathematic universal constant um, in order to actually assure that it's going to be truly one kilogram. The same kilogram that we use now will be the same kilogram in a 1,000 years. Like, it's something that, like, blows my mind that science can, like, have that much foresight to be like, yeah, this cylinder may not last. We may need a new cylinder. It's
2: pretty wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool, but if you think about, I mean, only, uh, in one of the many articles that talk about this conversation or this topic, um, there's only been two labs that create this kibble balance, which is the new or the newer mechanism for defining the kilogram. Mm -hmm. which, like you said, goes off Planck's constant using electromagnetic forces. Um, One is uh, National Research Council in Canada. The other is NIST in the U.S. But because there's, I mean, I guess it's not one piece of metal in a glass case anymore, but it's still only two laboratories. And, like, I mean, I guess the idea here is to do it more precisely using electricity, but it doesn't really expand the ability to, like, you still have to distribute that weight Mm-hmm. from central sources so like it, it's a cooler way of doing it a more precise way of doing it but doesn't really like make it easier to now do.
0: we have two cylinders
2: <laughs> pretty much
0: yeah <laughs> um no i i think that's really cool that like this whole like there's this whole effort to keep these and it was just the, the kilogram has always just been one thing where i'm like it's it's a kilogram like that that's what it is like I've never thought about its origin and never thought about like – and that's the part that like I could keep myself entertained for hours. It's like even before the show when we were like looking for the the various topics, we saw this. We we're like where did the foot come from? Where did this come from? What about this? What about this? Yeah. And like how did all this stuff or originate? Like the foot, for example, was that that one king's like forearm. It was like the Romans had a different measurement for it. Somebody else had a different measurement for it. It's just weird. I guess – just... go ahead, Irvin no i
1: just love knowing the fact that there's a conference on just weights and measures it's live too they're
0: gonna live stream it oh my god i might want to to tune into that yeah i might watch it
2: like i i'm ashamed and proud at the same time but i might want to watch that um but it makes sense if you think about it because things we measure weight with like scales that use springs or uh electronic devices that have you know various components in their circuitry they all have to be calibrated. So like, I guess if you think about it, it all has to go back to the central source of calibration.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. It's just, <laughs> it's just weird. It's just
1: weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking up an article on the history of the, the meter. Uh, it says in here, an early definition of the meter was one tenth millionth of the distance from the pole to the equator.
0: <laughs> one thousand <000? laughs> millionth.
1: One ten millionth of the distance from the pole to the equator. That was the early definition of a meter.
2: <laughs> like so weird. So someone took the time to measure or did the math to determine that distance, and then was like, "Let's make a stick that's one ten millionth of that or yeah, one hundred believe whatever.
0: he measured it. He didn't do math. Like he he actually measured it. Yeah, like, he walked. He, wa- he walked it
2: out. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is one pace yes now
2: now it's more
1: official now it's the length of the path uh, the path traveled by light in a vacuum in a one uh two billionth of a second one two billionth of a second one three billionth almost but that's uh, i'm three, i'm three, reading uh, 300 million there sorry, you go. one, one three hundred millionth of a second yeah around.
0: the way that i always measured a meter was that it was from the doorknob to the ground that was the way that I always have been like, that's about a meter.
2: I always measured it as about three feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're, we're all not wrong. When I do math no. in my head, that's, you know, when I use it, I guess. Length converting. of the doorknob to the ground, one two billionth the span of light that travels in a vacuum, one ten millionth the distance to Antarctica. You know, it's all here and there. It's, it's yeah. just kind of peanuts.
2: <laughs> How high is your doorknob from the ground? Well, if I had to do it in units of light traveling in a vacuum, uh, yeah. about a meter.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. right, we're. I feel like we're beating a dead horse at this topic now. But it's fun, though. Just uh, check out the articles. It's cool stuff. It's very interesting if if you've been interested whatsoever by what we said in the past couple minutes check it out you know,
0: we got stuff in this show for everybody we got <laughs> we got stuff for networking nerds we got stuff for data and science nerds now we got stuff for photography nerds yeah we got all this Ifro is the one-stop <laughs> shop for stuff that nerds love it's great i love it this is great i'm a nerd you're a nerd we're all nerds it's good um, the long-winded way to say that is Google is rolling out night sight for the pixel cameras. <laughs> no, just the
1: pixel three. It's an
0: important note. All pixel phones. Jeff, yes. I did that one for you. Thanks, yeah. Man. All, Pixel, all pixel phones. Yeah. All pixel
1: phones. So uh, we get a preview of this feature during the keynote where they announced uh, the pixel, new pixel three. Uh, phones they they showed off a picture comparing the brand new just released iphone 10s max uh, the phone that i have uh and it's showing a comparison comparison shot with night shift or night sight mode on the new pixel 3 and was drastic mm-hmm. and i thought it was photoshopped yeah right uh, be- when, you, when you initially look, and a lot of people online did as well it's like that can't be real
0: yeah did you i even i tweeted about this too i i put up like a bunch of images on my twitter account yeah um i forget if it was mine or if it was on i but i if it was one i definitely retweeted it on the other um or if not i will but um it's like fascinating how this technology works yeah it's mind blowing like just how cool this is and like i have a I have this up on the stream right now and they have a, mm-hmm. like one of these like really nice slider images mm-hmm. um where the only light in this image i have it slid all the way over to the left now is um there's the light that's coming from his smartphone that's the only light in this room and that is insanity how much detail that this phone is able to pull out of? you can even like see detail in his hair yeah and it's like It's crazy. You can
1: see whatever white thing is on the left-hand side. Probably a towel. I don't know. Yeah, but if you... can couldn't even see that in the previous picture.
0: Yeah. So now I got it slid all the way over to the right, and it's, like, gone. It's just completely gone.
1: So... This is crazy, dude. This is the work of computational photography.
0: Computational black magic. (laughs) Black magic. (laughs) Yeah. They they made a deal with some kind of devil for this (laughs) in order to get this to work, because it is... I, like, it's just weird I guess it's just one long constantly exposed shot just pulling as much light as it can out of the shot not just one it's 15
1: That's would yeah <laughs> <laughs> it takes about 15 uh exposures and combines them all using computational photography taking the best bits and pieces of each one and then combining it to one single uh photo um it this, is now not the photo quality on phones is not based on the hardware anymore. It's all about software.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. It, the sort of the hardware has been, you know, pretty steady. We haven't really increased in megapixels, although megapixels really weren't a gauge on photo quality ever, right? You had Sony. Uh, and and yeah, exactly. <laughs> it never really was like yeah. You could tout to your friends, oh, my phone can do 30, 20 megapixel shots, but we can do a side by side comparison. It's like okay,
0: yeah. I think Sony's so, cameras hit like twenty six megapixels on their yeah. like smartphone. I remember, I remember the
1: Nokia phone that had forty some <laughs> yeah, megapixel phones? The pho- Windows phone, Nokia Windows phone, that had that. Okay, the good uh, with the with the giant uh, um, camera bump on the on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about the software now. I think Google, yeah, like you mentioned, Matt made a. Devil, the deal with the photography devil, yeah, um, whoever that may be, and figure out some secret sauce that gets them really awesome pictures, irrelevant of the condition. I mean, no matter what, it'll just try to yeah. take the best shot,
0: no matter what condition there you're in. Um, and I, I see this every year from Google. Like yes. they've, they've proven time and time again: the yeah. Pixel, the Pixel Two, the Pixel Three, every yeah. single one with one camera yeah, uh, what they can do with software is leaps and bounds ahead of any other smartphone yeah
2: yep. it's, it says that this um the night shot photos take up to six seconds and up to 15 frames to capture the one image like you were saying urban mm-hmm. um but it's a limit it google's limited it to one second per exposure the phone is perfectly still and a third of a second of its handheld Um, So that translates to six one-second exposures if it's on a tripod or some sort of static surface, or up to 15 brief, shorter-length exposures if you're holding the phone and it's moving a Mm -hmm. bit. Um, But that's all processed and fed into one resultant photo, which, as you can And even it
1: detects uh, moving objects. So if you have someone moving, it'll try its best. It won't be perfect all the time, but it'll try its best to... um, uh, keep that subject in focus while everything, you know, it, while they might be moving. So it'll it'll do its best to do that. Um, so you don't have to, because we, you know, if you're familiar with th- photography, if you're yeah. taking a long exposure shot, even if it's just one second, any movement will ruin it. Any yeah. movement by that subject. So Unless... if you're taking, if you're at that low end where you were just talking about uh, Jeff, where it's taking that one second shot six times yeah any movement will ruin that picture so it's yeah. do yeah. some do a comparison between frames looking for consistency what ha- what moved what hasn't and then doing the computational photography those algorithms the the google magic sauce and outputting magic on the other end um it's it's pretty amazing i i hope this uh kicks the behind of other manufacturers of phones to up their game because mm-hmm. Google has been either in, the, either in the launch for the past three years, like <laughs> you mentioned, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what I want is this type of technology in like a real camera, yeah. quote unquote, real camera with a removable lens. Yeah. Um, that would be amazing.
0: That would be.
2: Uh, it doesn't and- really, I-, I don't see why I wouldn't take that route.
0: Yeah. I could see Google doing some kind remember, of
2: remember
1: Samsung made of uh, a a camera like that. Yeah, pretty much an Android phone which attached to the back. Yeah, <laughs> and it, had, it was a, a real camera with a, a real sensor, a big, big sensor on it with removable lenses. And it had pretty much just a, a, a cheapo Android phone on the back. You can install Instagram right there. You can take a picture and post it.
0: I feel like that's what Red's phone is going to turn into when their, their hydrogen phone that they just said, like, cause those hardware prongs on it and red is known for their modularity on their smartphones. Um, so I feel like red is going to eventually turn, like they're working, they're probably working on.
1: So they did announce a, a, a back or the modular, um, attachment to that phone that has its own sensor and then it has adapters for different lenses, including Canon, Sony, Nikon. Uh, so they didn't announce that, um, it hasn't been released. So, doesn't exist yet but what if and when it does it'd be very interesting to see how uh, those pictures will look or what those the quality of those will be like but
0: especially if the price is competitive because that yeah. brings red's phone like if you just got well, a phone sure. that's a yeah. good, that could be like do you want like that for what could be possibly one of the more competitively priced red products on top of that being an incredible camera that competes with the slr and it's a smartphone right there's like a kind of we're, we're kind of moving into that where these phones um and i think we talked about this a little bit um where fo- smartphones are kind of moving into niche areas because we've already basically perfected the base phone Yeah, like we have a good concept of what a phone should should not be able to do and now it's just a matter of what way can we make a phone specialize and what way can we bring out the best of a phone to make it the most either a good all around device or one that's good for the camera one that's good for security one that's got a good software base one that's got really good hardware like you're starting to see that now and hmm. I think and then go- the fact that Google's just rolling out the software at all their pixel devices is just one more reason to go for pixel if you want a camera so
2: I feel like it uh the success of your various models of phones as you would expect relies on how many people actually care about the features that you're touting so like if, if you say oh our phone has 26 megapixels a bunch of people may say I, I don't care but if it's a pixel phone that does it with software and also has all the bells and whistles that you could get with an iPhone or what have you I mean you know I think I think this is going to play out well for pixel, I guess, is what I'm trying to say Google. So. Um, yeah, because I think the ability to take, uh, aesthetically pleasing photo on your phone is definitely highly sought after by a lot of phone users, especially with the popularity of apps like Instagram and Snapchat and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this is going to be interesting to see how this is reflected in their sales. Cause I know that they've struggled in the past
0: yeah and the one thing that i like about this is that um and going off of what you were saying now pixel has begun to establish a name for themselves they're on their third iteration of smartphones um every generation has been relatively error-free and like they've had a relatively smooth history of their phones if you want to look at the history of uh, if you take a look at any other company any other company has been marred by some kind of major issue
2: i think what you're trying to say is none of them have blown up yet
0: yeah okay. none of them have blown up yet yeah okay. and none of them have like had any like major stuff that's happened but yeah mostly blowing up and um <laughs> and they they've begun to have a reputation for themselves like even people who i know who very who aren't very tech savvy or up to date with the latest technology they're always like they want to see the camera when you see someone with a pixel also not even to mention that i'm seeing more and more people opt for pixels that yeah. are on variety there,
2: there are people that i've run into for various reasons that are not tech savvy people and i wouldn't expect to have pixels and they're, they're they've come up to me and be like oh dude check this out i got a pixel 3 it's the best phone i've ever had look how cool it is it does this and this it's It's definitely a huge shift from what I saw a year ago when I was getting my Pixel 2 and, like, it felt like nobody but you guys knew that they even had phones.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's weird because I'm seeing not only Pixel 3s, but I feel like I'm catching myself noticing more Pixel 2s. Yeah, that too. any other smartphone. Like, just people carrying these devices around and it's... The proof is in the pudding with these photos that they're taking yeah i
2: I wouldn't say more than any other smartphone just because like iphone has this gigantic gape like huge footprint that's unavoidable like everywhere you look people have iphones and but 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 i agree with what you're saying
0: yeah yeah that's kind of aside from outside of ios when you look at android phones that you notice for sure ios dominates the u.s market when it comes to that but It's, it's just crazy how good these are. Like I keep, while you guys have been talking, I've just been like sliding these images I've been watching on
2: the Twitch stream.
0: (laughs) Like checking these images out and they they put so many on there too. And it's like just the level of detail that this is able to pull out of nothing is insane.
2: I think it's going to open up a lot of like not only like simple things like oh you don't have these pictures with an obnoxious flash on random objects and things like that but like from an arts perspective too like i think there was one if you scroll up the one that well never mind you put it away but there's a picture (laughs) of like a tree at night in like what looked like an urban setting and i thought that was really cool because you you can see the contrast of the sky against the tree at night but that's something you normally wouldn't be able to do that way
0: yeah. No, yeah. I, I pulled it back up too, so you can yeah, see. Yeah, it it,
2: exactly. It's it's beautiful.
0: Um, yeah. And then you slide it, like a lot of that detail that you think wouldn't even be there. I'm sure. I'm sure you could do
2: this, like obviously with you know a really nice camera and if you know what you're doing. But like, let's be honest, this is for more than just people who are really good, you know, indeed. with photography.
0: Like, yeah. And if you look at the ones on like the ones on my Twitter account aren't nearly as good as these.
2: Yeah.
0: I didn't have a. They, they probably put this on a tripod to get it stable. They probably had like they were probably trying to help the phone as much as possible, like keeping it stable, putting it in situations that aren't exactly like taxing on the device. Right. Um, but mine, I was just like running around my apartment, just like, look at this, look at this, like holding the phone, like taking images Uh, just holding the camera, and they came out pretty good for... I was going to
2: say, if they came out halfway decent, then that tells you everything you need to know, really.
0: I mean, like, it's you can see it for yourself, but it's... That's
2: how I used to feel with portrait mode on the Pixel. That was, like, a huge thing I loved about this phone when I got it because it makes me look like I know what I'm doing, taking pictures when I really
0: don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. That's the best way, and it's just it's like the the pixel does it, it does it like i i accident like when i had when i was using the pixel like i accidentally took better photos than on any other phone that i've tried to take good pictures on yeah like i'll like take a photo and i catch myself like later like looking through the photos i took being like that's amazing yeah <laughs> but then like other phones i'm like trying to frame it and i'm like eh, it could be better hmm. so so it's nice. one thing i miss on ios is the camera for the pixel and I've debated if I go on vacations just taking it with me, charged, and using it as a camera.
2: I don't think it would weigh down your bag too much.
0: But no, it's a very light device.
2: Yeah. That was yeah. a little yeah. tongue-in-cheek there. Um, <laughs> so do you want to do a transition, or should I just cut to it?
0: I just said the name of the company, but if you want to, uh, if you want to just cut to it, let's go. All right. Well, let's talk about this car thing. Yeah,
2: Waymo's Paid Driverless Taxi Service. Its has the potential to launch in the next month uh it's looking like it's probably going to come to phoenix arizona as and, it should
0: and always does
2: yeah we've talked about that before right
0: but because it's the safest and most boring place for cars
2: yeah and has <laughs> there's a fleet <laughs> referred to as a fleet of modified chrysler pacifica minivans there right now i must imagine him driving around with so much purpose
0: can i um, just like I just want to mention something like I feel like it's so fitting that minivans are the vehicle of choice because if for whatever reason there were some like robotic uprising I would have 100% expected minivans to be the most dangerous vehicles on the road because they already and this is nothing against people who drive minivans but I find that minivans tend to be the most dangerous cars on the road in Philadelphia outside of city buses. Yeah, and they
2: they will only spare soccer moms in the event of the robotic car uprising.
0: Yeah. I um, have never looked at a minivan and been like, that's probably going to be a safe driver. <laughs> always, I always give them a little extra room. No, yeah, them. you're right. <laughs> so but, leave it to minivans to, but to, be when, the first to try to abandon drivers.
2: Totally. Um Which doesn't hurt if we're going from your angle. But also, um, it makes sense for uh, driverless taxi service because you could fit more people in it. And it's comparable to, I guess, fuel economy from a sedan or something like that. I like Um, my not practical approach to this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the fun way. Uh, But um, pretty cool, pretty interesting. I remember talking about whether or not we would... Opt in in terms of being willing to take one of these driverless taxis out for a spin, so to speak. Uh, I still hold to the fact that I would, um, if it were just me, or maybe like riding with some friends or something.
0: Um, I'm getting with you.
2: I have family that lives in Arizona, and I'm wondering if maybe I'll ask them if they are willing to try this and let me know how it goes.
0: Yeah. I doubt highly it. doubt it,
2: but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so
1: far has been limited to the for for uh, approximately 400 person early rider program, but hmm. sounds like they have been under NDA for this whole time, so nobody really could share, you know, their feedback or um, experiences. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they don't say so, how long that's gonna be though. The yeah. 400 person early rider program only. Um, yeah.
0: It's the same area that was already used for the previous test rounds also mm-hmm. so they're not like there's no plans to expand this from as of right now it's you know,
2: a h- hundred square miles too so like you're long what's if i do quick math hopefully well here square root of 200 so like i don't know if, let's say 15 minute drive if you're going 60 that's the yeah. longest drive you can go on in one of these things so
0: yeah so i mean and if you're looking at it if if it's a 100 square mile area outside of phoenix it's probably the safest area outside of phoenix which is essentially lab testing if you're looking at phoenix being the safest place already for cars and then you go ahead and pick the safest place out of the safest place in the country no this is just basically like this might as well just be in a lab pretty much but Uh, some
1: some cars will have backup drivers but not all of them uh, and, in, and in in the case that, that things get uh, uh, a little complicated, uh, people are,
2: are remotely available and they can take over and, and start driving the car. it's even better. You have someone driving your remote minivan around Arizona. I so,
1: someone with an Xbox controller just controlling
2: GTA real quick. Don't worry, guys. I played Forza. We're laughing, but like... What else are they going to use to control your minivan, you know? Yeah, exactly.
0: The military uses Xbox controllers. I would hope.
2: I really hope that their uh, PC gamers and going to use keyboard and mouse instead. For, USB to- USB for
0: tanks. superior control. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it's the guy sitting in a tank with a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
2: Anyway, news from Waymo. I hope you're excited. We are. And we'll see how long it takes for this to go one way or the other and what that translates to for other cities having similar uh, rollouts.
0: Yeah, whether it goes right or wrong, we'll be there to report it. That's definitely true. Especially if it goes wrong, but that's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we do have some other news that I want to get into. Um, Most sad news about... um, Wait... Are you, are, did I, are you talking about the same one I am, Urban, Apple? Irvin yeah. just dumped yeah. opinion
2: okay. all over your segue. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, was like, I was like, how dare you inject another article? Because I, thought I, I thought I was messing something. Nope, that Check wasn't it. me. Nope.
2: Okay.
0: All good. I forgive you.
2: Irvin's not himself.
0: <laughs> it's fine. He was business. I can give him that. Yeah. Um, so on the screen is Apple confirming that its T2 security chip will block some third-party repairs of new Macs. Um, we've kind of seen something like this before, back when, like, they would replace... And do you remember the Touch ID stuff, Urban? Yes. How it's, like, not working unless you have a third-party Touch ID thing was put onto your smartphone, and then Apple kind of walked that one back. But now they have a dedicated chip that is preventing the repair of the lot, replacing the logic board or the Touch ID sensor. So it looks like they're back on this.
1: So. Yeah, so Apple's Apple, Apple's position on this is all about security, right? So anything that uh, potentially could compromise that security will need to have a uh, uh, diagnostic tool, our own proprietary di- diagnostic tool uh, run on that device before it allows whatever new part was uh, put into the system. So, uh, of course, only Apple themselves and authorized repair Uh, centers have access to that tool, and third-party repair shops do not. So if uh, the third-party repair shops right now, if they wanted to uh, replace something on the logic board or do anything around the Touch ID sensor, um, they could potentially render that laptop unusable
0: um, and... Legend has it the T2 chip contains some of the DNA of Steve Jobs, <laughs> which is used to actually power this device shutdown feature for it the was, right to repair. It,
2: it must have been taken like after the late or, or late 90s when he yeah. had a change of heart on that subject. Um, so this this is a described as a coprocessor yeah. from what I'm reading. So it's. Um, processing for things like fingerprint data, cryptographic keys for a secure boot, and enabling responses to Hey series without requiring you to press a button, preventing microphones from being remotely operated by hackers when the lid of the device is closed. So it sounds like this is kind of handling requests when, or preventing access to the main processor but also allowing for certain things to be picked up on like it does yeah. background processing almost when yeah so th-
1: they offloaded a lot of uh, little bits and pieces from the main board onto this t2 so it does a- quite a bit not just uh, handling the encryption stuff but um it now does on the fly encryption of uh, all your hard drive uh, as well, it doesn't in- induce introduce any slowdowns when you typically, like, you would turn on encryption on your hard drive. It would slow down your write speeds and, and read speeds a little bit because you have to decrypt and encrypt it while you're doing that. Hmm. Um, it doesn't do that. Um, it also improves the the speeds. That's how Apple and their laptops gets such a good uh, read and write speeds on their SSDs because the controller is now built into this T2 chip. So it's basically just an ARM processor that's dedicated to do certain tasks. Right. So Um, it
2: kind of of sounds like it takes on more system oriented tasks and allows the performance of the operating system and user-based tasks to be better.
0: It also helps with some other things too, like touch ID, fingerprint data, cryptographic keys, uh, and then also, apparently, it's one of those things that helps with the um, Siri requests. And also, <laughs> what, did, I hear? did you already talk about this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the whole year went down that list and I just, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, right, I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> so, like, it, the, the point that I was getting at was that it's one of those, like, rider bills that, like, Congress pushes through where it's like a bunch of really cool stuff. And then like one really crappy thing that gets put Mm -hmm. in there, right? Like the fact that it prevents laptop microphones from being remotely operated. That's a really cool feature. Like that's awesome. And it's not
1: just the, like a software thing. It actually hardware disconnects the (laughs) microphone when the laptop list goes. So it's physically impossible for the microphone to turn on well that's
0: something i never even knew that i wanted in the last let's
2: not throw around the word impossible too loosely but um <laughs> yeah this this i i i agree these features are are cool i also think it's a total apple move to mix that in with like detecting non-apple hardware and disabling you from using your macbook uh if you something, wanted to do your
1: repairs. Right, um, something
2: we've definitely seen in iPhones before, and I think we've talked about on the show, and it, that we've, at least amongst ourselves, discussed a lot of um, right-to-repair stuff off-air. Um, yep. And right now, the only, I think,
1: uh, I'll confirm this if I'm right, the only Mac you can't buy with a T2 chip in it is the trash can Mac Pro, because it's too old. It doesn't have one every mac now comes with a t2 chip yeah
2: so So. has this been a a feature slash limitation of macbooks for quite some time now but now it's in like all of their stuff
1: now it's confirmed yeah well you mean repairs previous to the t2 chip
2: so why are we hearing about this now if it's apple confirmed it there's been speculation gotcha. earlier on when so, this initially
1: launched that so- it could potentially, but now Apple is confirming it that yes, it does for certain repairs. If you are changing significant things like the logic board or the touch ID sensor it might you know, block those changes or so, block those repairs so people, if it's not done by unauthorized repair center.
2: So people yeah. have likely repaired their MacBooks and reported on it affecting it this way, and Apple has declined to comment until now.
1: Uh, potentially, I think it was more researchers looking at the T2 chip and how integrated it is into the system because these MacBooks are fairly new. I mean, I don't expect that many people to start going to getting them repaired, especially at third parties. Because when you get a new laptop, right, new Apple laptop, if it, anything's broken within the first couple of months, you would take it directly to Apple because it's still covered under warranty. Right. It's not a damage caused intentionally or anything like that, right? They'll cover it under warranty <laughs> and just fix it. Um, typically, this won't affect those users either right after the limited warranty expires or if they got Apple Care after that expires, then you would go to a third party world it'll be cheaper because if you go to apple and to say oh i need this fix and it's all your warranties are expired your extended warranties are expired apple's gonna be like oh it's gonna cost you 1200 dollars. might as well buy a new laptop right. if you take a third third party seller they're like okay we'll fix it for 100 bucks or 200 mm. bucks
0: it sounds right? like also... now
1: it's now you can't do that right for yeah. certain things for for some things yeah you still can do that but for, if it's a major issue like something with the logic board Potentially, this would stop any of those repairs.
0: Yeah, the interesting thing about that is that the the I Fix It portion of this article, that's like the part that I find particularly interesting about that whole uh, whatever you can and can't replace. Because I Fix It, when they were doing their teardown, they were able to swap the logic board, mm-hmm. and the machine was still able to boot. They were, and like there's speculation that it could just be because that um, it's uh, it's a piece of software that was already validated by a T two chip. Hmm. On another one, so it's like something that Apple has confirmed is officially like not done with a brand new third party piece of hardware that was bought that just simply matches in terms of the parts. but it's not only that, but it came from Apple. So hmm. it's unclear as to whether as to where this kicks in exactly I mean, as a kill switch.
2: Well, it sounds like they're talking about if it's not an apple like fingerprint reader Mm -hmm. then it'll flag that and disable the device since that's already something that the t2 chip handles you would think it would do that and that's
1: apple's position right if someone wants to tamper with the fingerprint sensor that's why they're not approving these types of repairs that aren't done by authorized. because it could compromise the security on Mm -hmm. for example this fingerprint sensor that's that's apple's position that's yeah, why but... they're doing this. Their intention wasn't to stop third-party repairs. It's to protect the, the security and privacy because Apple, that's one of their top positions on yeah. any device that they it's, release right now It's is...
2: a, It's a big CYA move. Like, because if if someone isn't repairing a broken fingerprint sensor, but they're just installing maybe a modified one to give them access to the machine, and then something happens based on that access, then Apple's probably liable for allowing that to happen.
0: Yeah. Does that stand for cover your apples? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> okay. Just can't making ex- sure can't I can't expose that right. your apples. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's just weird. Like maybe they should just provide parts if they want to make sure that that they,
1: would be a great right. So you don't have yeah. to go to eBay and find some random dealer from China who would ship you parts in like yeah. in three like weeks, I, right? Like I, I hear
0: you on yeah. the one side yeah. where it's like right. they're trying to keep yeah. security, but yeah. give me a way to repair it. Right. And that's that's good.
1: In the previous the keynote where they announced the new MacBook Airs and the MacBook uh the Mac minis, um, they talked about sustainability. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, we wanna keep this device these devices running as long as possible, right? We don't want to replace our phones, (laughs) our device our 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 um our laptops you know every two three years there's no point in doing that because my 2012
0: fast- macbook pro is still going strong
1: so like if their their position on sustainability is that then why wouldn't you support your customers uh, being able to repair or send it to a third-party shop to keep that life extended right they talked to that. all the mac minis are now made with the shavings of all the aluminum that they use for uh, making their MacBooks. <laughs> right? The casing, the casing that was for, for sending, you know, re- recycling and not yeah. using up resources. They have that robot that takes apart iPhones and extracts the valuable uh, uh, um, uh, items in there, I like all the gold um, that's in, in phones. Mm-hmm. That's, they have a dedicated thing that does that. Cool. Um, so,
2: I, th- I think in response to the initial kind of question about if their if their mantra so to speak is let's keep these things running for as long as possible, why wouldn't they allow you to fix it yourself? I think it's because they offer the service to fix it and kind of force you into using them to do it and paying them to do that one way or Which the is other. Scummy. it's yeah. it's totally scummy, but that's their yeah. that's their gambit.
0: Like it's part of their profit. And market. then if you yeah.
2: don't, if you don't fall in line with that, you're buying a new product from them anyway. Cause if you're a Mac user, you're not going to switch to a PC cause they have you brainwashed mm-hmm. to think that PCs are virus sponges. So, yeah. yeah. So,
0: okay. So tinfoil hat time for about five minutes. Um, I think that, so I, I don't know how closely you guys have paid attention to Apple in terms of like their earnings and what they're reporting anymore. Um, but as of this year, Apple has stopped. Uh, they announced that they're going to stop reporting their unit sales for any product line. So they've announced that they're no longer doing any unit sales. So could that maybe? maybe they make this push for the right to repair as another step for their recycling thing, touting that they're now the champion of recycled device products where you can get parts for pretty cheap? on top of the fact that now that they're no longer reporting sales nobody will notice that the sales are going down of products but the sales are going up of replacement parts and apple becomes the champion of the right to repair that's like best case scenario tinfoil hat time mm. and i say and i'm saying tim foil hat not tin <laughs> foil
1: i wish you were right yeah yeah i wish but knowing apple i don't see that happening. because if they roll
0: out this right to repair that's the first place that shareholders are going to look is are they selling less well i think since they're not telling you you don't know
2: i think they're already looking there right because they they reported non-growth for like the first time in forever recently Mm -hmm. in terms of i think iphone sales and the you know shareholders were pissed yeah um I think that's totally why they're not but announcing they're that anymore. They're making more money and, uh, yeah. than ever. Yeah, right? well. Their yeah. phones cost now. Exactly. Look how much. And that's why people aren't <laughs> buying more phones because only certain people can afford them, but they're paying out the rear end to get them because they yeah. want to unlock it with their face. Cough, Irvin. Cough, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, to, not Not sure what to make of it. Yeah, I have no um, I'm gonna go with mine because it makes me feel better on yeah. the inside.
1: There's also um, uh, theories out there that this T2 chip is um, paving the road for the eventuality of moving to ARM, because um, this chip is running an ARM processor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, so for the whole Apple or Mac lineup to move to ARM processors, um, and for you know, and eventually years down the line uh, not even allowing right any new mac os updates to run without a t2 chip in it mm-hmm. um so you can get updates i, I mean that because almost every mac now has one in it right so you you can expect that in the future you that's one of it's going to be one of the requirements to run the latest and greatest version of of the mac os uh, uh operating system so yeah.
0: um Apple and their pentalobe screws, and somewhat I just love related that word.
1: Uh, somewhat related to that, um, Amazon strike stroke a deal with <laughs> Apple.
2: Um, to sell... You mean struck, right? Struck, not stroke. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Finish out that headline. Finish <laughs> it out. Uh, Amazon struck a
1: deal with with Apple to sell all uh, uh, new iPhones and iPads directly uh, through Amazon. Uh, but one of the uh, um, uh, drawbacks, drawbacks uh, <laughs> from that is uh, certain um, um, mom and pop like refurbishment shops for Mac products directly uh, were using Amazon as their storefront to sell uh, refurbished products. So this is somewhat related to what we were just talking about. So they were buying um, Macs that were, Somewhat broken uh, in bulk, and then repairing themselves and putting it up on, on this Amazon front page uh, to sell them um, marked as refurbished. Um, and as soon as this deal uh, was signed with Amazon and Apple, uh, those uh, shops started receiving letters from Amazon to cease, or actually, they would shut down their stores immediately and say a letter uh, that uh, you cannot, you can, you can no longer sell. Uh, these refurbished Apple products on our site Um,
2: so yeah that is I think pretty stupid um, if I'm just speaking freely but um,
0: who do you think this benefits more Apple or Amazon Uh, Amazon you think so
2: yeah um, I think Apple 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 needs help with generating sales, but I think Amazon is opening a niche that it lost with Google again, Mm -hmm. um, when they went to war and stopped kind of helping each other out. I think now that it's filling that void with Apple, um, I think it's probably going to be pretty good for Amazon in terms of what cut it gets and how many people are buying, uh, MacBooks and iPhones through their store.
0: Yeah, I like how the HomePod isn't being sold on Amazon. They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to start competing well, on that, their own website. That makes right? sense
2: because it's a smart speaker, right? But yeah,
0: nothing. It's not like the HomePod is as good as an Echo. Flying off the shelves. No, if, <laughs> if Amazon were to
2: not sell iPads because of Kindle devices, then mm-hmm. I would be yep. shocked. But yep. in terms of the HomePod, I mean it's not really flying off the shelf well I guess it's kind of doing okay but I think that uh Alexa is doing a lot better so yeah I think so then
0: not only that but it's the better product too
2: yeah well I think bottom line is they don't want to risk putting a dent in that bottom line whereas they can probably afford to sell iPads and Kindles in the same place
0: yeah they're a little more lax on the smartphone market because the Fire Phone didn't exactly work out too well for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, not to make any stupid jokes, but it was a bit of a fire.
2: It's a fire sale.
0: <laughs> if you watch Arrested
2: Development, you'll get it. I do. Okay.
0: Um, but yeah. So, and I, I think um, on the and they are they're also doing Beats as well on Amazon just because the Amazon doesn't make a pair of headphones yet, but. Yeah. And they um, love
2: Dr. Dre, so
0: Yeah. This is interesting though. I'm definitely gonna be keeping an eye on this and maybe seeing if um, Amazon offers similar prices or if they go on sale at the same time or if it's like yeah. if it's like truly under Apple's control or if it's or if when an Apple goes on sale, Amazon may be like nah. Those those prices for Apple
1: products are tightly controlled by Apple, so How does, that's yeah. why you you don't regularly see big sales on on Apple products because, um, yeah, a lot of that is controlled directly by Apple.
2: So, Apple shipping products through various um, parcel services like UPS and FedEx, I from my experience, I thought I remembered them charging like the standard rate or whatever for like high priority service. Do you got either of you guys know if prime is going to apply to this, where you could get your device in a day or two for free? Yeah, I
1: think, I think that does apply. So that'd so, be a great you know incentive to, for someone to buy it off of Amazon. If they already have prime say, mm-hmm. okay, I can get it in two days. Um, whatever Apple product that I order. Yeah. Um,
2: so that's, I mean, n- not necessarily the driving force here, but another factor to consider, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we have a lot more Amazon to talk about. So you guys
0: oh, yes.
2: Hop on into HQ2.
0: Yes. So Amazon has picked not one, but two Countem2 locations mm-hmm. for its HQ2. Yeah. Two HQ2s for HQ2 in... I'm trying to think of another way to say two. I don't know. I can't. It's if you add if you add all of Cloudflare's numbers together, you get two and two. Um so <laughs> so yes, yeah, so the the cities are not exactly what I was expecting. I'm a little confused by them. Um one of them kinda makes sense, the other one I think is just kind of dumb. Um so New York City and Northern Virginia are going to be the new headquarters for Amazon's second and third headquarters. Um, So apologies to anybody who is currently reading the show notes, but I cannot get the full story on the stream For the
2: Uh, Just head on over to The Verge, I guess.
0: For The Wall Street Journal, but I'm going to The Verge. um, So I'm just going to go ahead and share that one. But uh, yeah, so I mean, like there's not that much to really show on The Wall Street Journal. It's just more of a disclaimer as to some of the facts around it. Um, So the New York City one is going to be set up in Queens. And the Virginia one is going to be set up in Crystal County. So it's kind of like a little bit in the Northern Virginia area, I think, closer to DC ish. Yeah, it's um, Crystal City. So, Crystal City, yeah, that's it. Um, but like Crystal City makes sense, putting it close to DC. It's kind of a central spot. It's near the like capital of the country. Um, it kind of puts you in that megapolis area that is Pennsylvania, Virginia, uh, Maryland, and all that stuff. Uh, But New York City doesn't really make sense to me for an Amazon headquarters. I feel like New York City is a city that doesn't, like, that can't sustain the kind of growth that a headquarters like this is going to bring to a city like that. I would have thought for sure Atlanta, if not Philadelphia, would have been the best choice on the East Coast for a city that both needs to grow and also is a has the real estate for a headquarters. Because Amazon is, uh, I saw another article there. They don't even have a building in New York City. They're just using the, the old City Bank building in Queens until they can build something. So what do yeah, you guys well, think about this? I I don't I don't know.
2: Well, I mean their their plan is to within fifteen years occupy as much as eight million square feet of office space in Queens, which is yeah. Approximately, according to this New York Times article, three Empire State Buildings worth of um, square feet, which is quite a bit if you've seen the Empire State Building. But um, I do I do share your skepticism and questioning over their uh, choice. Uh, it is moving a distribution center for school lunches <laughs> from the Queens waterfront, which also has its uh, negative implications, I guess, if you will. Um, it's gonna involve one point seven billion dollars in incentives from the state and hundreds of millions more dollars from the city, and they've That's allowed another issue. Entirely. They've they've allowed a helipad for Jeff Bezos to come in and out too. <laughs> so there's like all these all these weird nuances to Queens being selected here. Um, so I guess it's it's yeah. kind of weird. I do agree that uh, you know choosing um, Crystal City which is uh, in arlington virginia which is right across the water from uh dc um, yeah i think across the water i know it's right next to dc uh forgive me here but that makes sense to me too because not only political influence washington post what have you but i think it's a, a good spot a good fit for amazon
0: yeah no and, and the, the the crystal city is not even close to my concern like that's they they need it they need the growth they need the development it's a good area it's an open area but like new york city giving all these incentives like i don't think amazon needs incentives like this for new york city especially cuz you have like you have apple and google there both of which have secondary headquarters in new york city as well um maybe not like the true number 2 for those companies but they definitely have a foothold in that city Um, But I think that this is just going to be more of a like you're going to they said that they were going to introduce like what 20,000 jobs into that area. New York City is pretty dense as it is in terms of just population in general. Um, And adding this many people to Queens is just choking up another neighborhood with a business that's going to drive the already ridiculously high cost of living up even higher (laughs) in that area. Like New York City is going to it's uh, i was saying it was the the west but it's the san francisco of the east <laughs> the weast. in the pre-show san francisco of the west if you will um, but it's it's just something that i don't think is warranted like philly i think would have been a pretty good choice well here's a... i'm not that's, that's playing favorites just a little of course, bit but i think yeah. that we all
2: could say that yeah but i and you know i agree but i want i want to give a little um some some humor I guess here um, talking about how the, the press was handled so uh, John Schottler I guess his name is pronounced the vice president for real estate from Amazon who visited um, with two Democrats from um, city council in Brooklyn and they uh, faced questions from de- the press about the subsidies um, in question here so uh, I guess it's uh, de Blasio I'm not exactly familiar I think I've heard the name before but he said welcome to New York uh after the first skeptical or question from a reporter to the Amazon representative he said the New York City press corps you either do this or you can go to the dentist (laughs) (laughs) so uh I think they're they're really pushing for this they're really happy with this
0: um yeah That's a really
2: New York way to respond to that kind of question, though. I just wanted to throw that
0: out there. Yeah, and people are protesting it already. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, if you're a member of the community and you're giving tax breaks to a corporation to come move your school lunches somewhere else and take up three times the Empire State Building's worth of square feet, I would be mad if that happened. Like, if that came to (laughs) Philly, there'd be a lot of people that would be mad, too, I think.
0: I can't get over that helipad clause. In yeah, the deal that's pretty funny yeah but then and the quote was um from new york assemblyman michael blake was saying we should be investing in housing and hot water and not helicopters just to give you an idea of the sentiment of how new york feels about that
2: yeah you can't really argue with that but yeah
0: they're not exactly gonna and and this is after reports of heating problems in the adjacent queensbridge projects so yeah, yeah. that area has problems when it comes to infrastructure so i
2: guess it you have to view it as an investment in tech
0: yeah like you're saying with the east coast
2: san francisco
0: yeah and the the west coast you mean um (laughs) but it's i don't know dude it's just weird yeah something that like like i i i don't understand it it confuses me and it makes me sad Congratulations to Northern Virginia though on receiving the headquarters because this is going to be a boom to their economy and it's going to be great for that town. Great um, for their real estate. Oh yeah, dude, this is going to be nice for Crystal City. I, th- th- and that was why I was saying that like I feel like Atlanta would have been the perfect choice in the East Coast for the other HQ for the other HQ because you already have the DC area with Crystal City. So why not control another part of the coast? A little bit further south so that way you have a wider range you have the west coast and then you have um the you have the kind of northeast extension area where it's like dc <laughs> philly new york uh, wilmington and then you have down in atlanta like that would make sense atlanta think, would cover like the, the tampa north carolina rally area i think there's an I-
2: obvious answer um, and it's because that helicopter rides nowhere near as fun. But-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was about to say, it's definitely has to do with the helicopter ride. Yeah. 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 Also Spider-Man's not in Atlanta. He's in New York city.
2: Yeah. But Atlanta's got like ludicrous.
0: True. Yeah. yeah ludicrous is equivalent to like five Spider-Mans. If you're going to do the math, he works out to about roughly five, um, but yeah, like I, I I think it's cool. Like sure it's this nice, but I'm just like I'm not I'm not better. <laughs> I think Philly would have been nice, but then again, that's playing favorites. New York hasn't won a Super Bowl recently. Um, <laughs> um That's it. You know, just coming in coming in red hot. But no. okay, so um I think we've kind of beat the Amazon horse dead a bit yeah I think we're
2: about through and through these articles here
0: yeah Um, and unless anybody has anything that they want to say closing comments I think we can wrap the show up for tonight Um, had a bit of action going on in the chat that was much appreciated yeah for sure (laughs) it's always good to have people tuning in and listening to what we have to say
2: yeah we hope you'll uh, you know give us a follow here on Twitch and Twitter and come on back check us out
0: yeah man we stream once a week so um for those of you who are not familiar with us um we are a weekly podcast that streams uh as frequently as possible um as frequently as possible i mean once a week as frequently as possible um to twitch and um we try to keep a pretty strong Twitter presence. Uh, we are also available on Facebook as well, and we do have an Instagram presence, albeit a small one, um, but it's there. Uh you can reach out to any one of us if you're watching the stream above at industry40 all spelled out. Um, if you want to catch up with us after the fact and have a cool conversation with us, um you can reach out to us and write a review at bit.ly slash i40 review. Um and if you want to listen to us on your commute to work, enjoy the soothing sounds of tech news coming into your ears. You can listen to us on anywhere you can find a podcast. Now, will Stitcher, iTunes, wherever. Like any place you can search, you can find us. Um, but yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, I think that about wraps us up for this week. So... Uh, Thanks again for joining us for the latest installment of IFRO, and we'll see you guys in the next one.